there was a resistance to change internally, which kind of made them miss the bus on how the cloud transformation was taking place. Hi everyone, I'm Anton Gonsalves, editor at large at Tech Target Editorial and host of the Tech News This Week podcast. Today I have Abhishek Singh here to talk about Oracle. Abhishek, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Anton. It's a pleasure for me to be in this platform speaking with you on this topic. All right. So based on the announcements at uh, Oracle Cloud World and the health conferences in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, you know, the company's strategy included leveraging uh, its broad portfolio, what's built over the last several years, uh, making its next push in healthcare and delivering uh, low cost cloud technology. Now, that all sounds good, but I'd like to break it, uh, break each down, each area down uh, with you. You know, we can start with the uh, with the product portfolio. Uh, Abhishek, what do you see as uh, Oracle's uh, portfolio strengths? Oracle over the years has been a market leader when it comes to building out enterprise applications. They cut their teeth in the ERP space where they go head to head against SAP and in many ways have been one of the tech leaders. If I uh, kind of bring Microsoft, uh, IBM, et cetera, into the mix, who for the last 50, 60 years have been determining what technologies large enterprises like banks, healthcare companies use. Uh, if I look at the evolution of what Oracle has been doing in the past 20 years or so, uh, they have they are one of the few firms who have gone deep into these specific functions that organizations run and enable those functions through technology. So whether it's human capital management, whether it's supply chain management, ERP I already talked about, Oracle also has a very big play on the database side on which mm -hmm. organizations build other applications using other platforms. So Oracle is one of the few big technology players out there in the market who I see as relevant across the breadth of any organization that I pick. They may or may not be using Oracle per se, but at least Oracle's approach of focusing on applications has been that differentiator for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course, if you use their applications, uh, you might want to also use their database to uh, to support them. So it makes perfect sense. But in a recent blog, uh, you point out that Oracle doesn't dominate any of the application markets where it competes with uh, NCloud, where it competes with AWS, Salesforce, uh, or Microsoft. All right, so so why not? Why is it still chasing these longtime rivals? Yeah, before I answer that, I'd like to offer a broader commentary on what most big organizations face when they have to change their DNA, so to speak, over a period of time. Mm -hmm. Oracle has been a long-standing firm in the industry. They had been selling, as you were describing, you buy an application, you buy the underneath database, you also buy the underlying infrastructure. Uh, on top of which it runs, that's the, that's the entire full stack. In the last 10, 15 years, there was a significant shift that started to take place in the market, which impacted Oracle significantly, which was this whole concept of cloud, wherein organizations started to realize that, hey, there is a better, cheaper, uh, more efficient way of tapping into infrastructure that is not within their enterprise guardrails and that is where the concept of public cloud was born 
And at the same time, borrowing from that concept, a lot of firms such as Salesforce or Workday, et cetera, who instead of selling products that were kind of implemented in-house within client environments, started this entire new concept, exciting concept of software as a service, wherein you could go into a web portal, access most of the features for which you had to run that entire implementation process running over months and access those features in seconds and even sure. the upgrades. Yeah. So Oracle had to shift, I mean, Oracle had to take all its applications and it bought many over the years. And I, I still, I remember the PeopleSoft drama yeah. that occurred in the early 2000s. Uh, they had to shift all that to the cloud, but now they've had a number of years to do that. I mean, we have to remember that at first, Larry Ellison, the CEO, said that the cloud was going nowhere. You know, so I'm sure there was a delay in them doing what needed to be done because of uh, his uh, his feelings about the cloud. But but they've had a number of years to do that, right? So yet they still don't dominate anywhere. So 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 why is that from your perspective? Well, absolutely. So if you look at it, they had to in many ways if they were thinking of moving to cloud or moving to a SaaS based model, they had to in many ways self cannibalize their existing model. So they had to be prepared for the fact that, hey, clients might want to be on their application, but might want to run it on AWS or, my, uh, or Microsoft Azure or some other cloud because they found it to be cheaper. Right. Now, Oracle took a bit of time. They actually, as you were describing now, sharing Larry Ellison's code, there was a resistance to change internally, which kind of made them miss the bus on how the cloud transformation was taking place. They were slow to this. Eventually, they did some of it, but you know what? In the meantime, if you look at human capital management, Workday stole uh, the charter from them. CRM, Salesforce, and I have listed in that blog some of the other areas where we, have, where we see uh, market leaders, which is not Oracle, uh, primarily because uh, they were nimble enough to adopt the new models they did not have by the way the burden of legacy because they were starting afresh in that digital native or SaaS native model mm -hmm. oracle had to let go of the existing and adopt new and that's where things became slightly slow for them all right so so let's jump to healthcare you know uh oracle bought cerner right to make a major push in healthcare of uh, course, Ellison, uh, CEO Ellison, no, CTO Ellison now, Chief Technology Officer, uh, co-founder. Uh, co he, um, you know, he's been talking healthcare now for several years. And so, yeah, obviously, it's, it's a major strategy for them. They bought Cerner, paid billions. Uh, so that's certainly proof of their seriousness of uh, the market. Uh, when they bought Cerner, you know, based on what I read in your blog, when they bought Cerner, Cerner was kind of, was equal to Epic. They were kind of neck and neck. Yeah. Uh, but now uh, Epic has taken the lead in the market uh, since uh, Oracle has owned Cerner. Uh, why is that the case? And uh, what has Oracle uh, done, done wrong? I would say the main reason behind it, and it needs to be investigated further, there might be other issues, but what I have seen is that during this period of integration of the last two years, when this uh, acquisition was announced, in many ways, Cerner was distracted by it. While Oracle was going all guns on, not only expanding itself in existing health systems where it was present, 
but at the same time targeting some of the tier two EMRs, whether it's all scripts, whether it's medtech, Athena Health, et cetera, where clients were looking to consolidate within one EMR, that's where the opportunity for Cerner was also there. Mm. Epic when all guns blazing there. So in many ways, I would say the major reason was probably the distraction with the integration. Uh, I think it, Oracle took a bit of time in coming up with a coherent joint strategy around what they wanted to do with Cerner, which they articulated at this Oracle Cloud World. Frankly, if you had asked me this question six months back, as regards what's Oracle's strategy or new strategy with Cerner, I would have said, hey, it's simply Cerner within Oracle. I mean, I don't see anything different. Mm -hmm. and, and what do you see that's different now that um... That could uh, that could possibly well how that could help Oracle, you know, gain ground against Epic. At least theoretically, I would say it's a good articulation. How they are describing it is that uh, they want Cerner to be the central or the foundation of a broader healthcare life sciences platform that they are trying to connect. Because if, as you might know. Uh, Oracle also has a play on the life sciences side. They are present in pharmacovigilance. They are present on the clinical research side. They also work with pharma companies who are running clinical research. One of the big issues in the healthcare industry or the healthcare life sciences spectrum is how pharma companies who are coming up with new therapies need to work with health systems to deliver those therapies. Now, this integration of systems is a major issue if you look at these different components there are payers there are providers there are pharma companies oracle believes that but with the new story that they have they are creating that platform for providers to work seamlessly with pharma companies on these newer therapies uh, whether it's the therapies focused on oncology uh, whether these are focused on some of the other new therapy areas wherein we are not just talking about drugs but long drawn therapies focused on uh, convalescence, medical adherence, and so on and so forth. So theoretically, this sounds to be, and since I'm close to the healthcare space, I see it aligning with what the industry needs. Right. I still have to go within the hood to see whether all of the things that they are talking about theoretically actually works in a platform manner. All right, so cloud pricing, that was uh, the third area and the last area that you talked about. Uh, you know, Oracle has long claimed uh, that their their cloud is, is priced less than AWS, Google. Uh, you mentioned AWS, Google, but you didn't mention Microsoft, which we can, uh, we, we can get into, but, but they, they claim less price than AWS and Google. Um, but you suggested that tech buyers should be wary of that claim at, at this point. Uh, why is that? It's simply, I mean, we are a research firm. So uh, uh, one of the things that we do is help our clients understand the benchmarks around the available data sets. I mean, it's easy for us to kind of, you can actually go into an AWS website or Azure website, figure out pricing, uh, for specific units of compute, an instance that you want to fire up, so on and so forth. With Oracle also, that is the case. I mean, they have increasingly tried to migrate towards that kind of a model. But I used a term in the blog that I wrote, which is opaconomics. It's a, just a play on words. It's opaque economics because mm -hmm. a lot of clients have told us that, hey, on theoretically, they do say that they can make things work on unit pricing perspective. It works out that way. But Oracle typically likes to sell applications and infrastructure together, not just the cloud independently. And by the way, as we were discussing, when we 
think of public cloud as such. It's AWS, Azure, and Google. Oracle is still not considered an independent public cloud player from an infrastructure perspective. So their cloud comes into the picture only when Oracle apps are getting discussed. Mm. So even though there might be a case for somebody finding Oracle cloud cheaper, I rarely find enterprises who are building a cloud strategy around Oracle. So that's one of the issues that Oracle has to solve for. Second thing is, in a lot of situations, clients end up saying that, hey, it did not turn out to be cheaper than what we were doing already on on-premise. In certain cases, when, when I compare it with what I see as our calculation from AWS, et cetera, it turning out to be costly. In a lot of situations, we have seen that Oracle is actually cheaper. I don't know how those economics work. And that is why I call economics is because if I do not have the data to confirm it as a benchmarking and a research firm, I doubt how much of information is available in front of clients, large enterprises to make that easy decision around, hey, is Oracle cheaper than AWS or Azure or Google? All right. So instead, so I guess so. What you're saying is that instead of simply talking about it uh, in a press release, they need to provide metrics that would show. And there also seems to be uh, an apples to oranges kind of comparison because, as you mentioned, they're not known as an infrastructure as a service provider. Yes. But are they in fact? Can they in fact do that? Can they provide a platform that's equal to an AWS? Uh, uh, Google or Microsoft? Theoretically, yes. But as I was saying, they have missed the bus on that long time back. That's mm. a phenomenon that started. So take a few things that you will really need to be a public cloud player. One is you have to hoard data centers in many ways. I'm using that word loosely because you have to have assets, uh, data centers, presence in different geos, entire philosophy around how you run public cloud, etc to be able to manage capacity for multiple organizations that you work with. That's the infrastructure as a services play, if I may oversimplify that play. Over the years, if you look at it, whether it's AWS, Azure, or Google, uh, they have a significant installed base of capacity that they can use. With Oracle, they are still far behind. I don't have the exact numbers, but in terms of the capacity that they have to deliver something like that is limited. Plus, as I was saying, their play has been apps first, which is a good play to have, by the way. I'm not uh, questioning or debating that kind of a play. Absolutely. Their available cloud is largely positioned to serve Oracle apps. So that is why their play is to sell the full stack. Even though they might want to talk about Oracle Cloud as a separate offering, that question of, hey, if you buy Oracle apps, you get cloud for free. That's what basically what the economics part is because clients believe that cloud is coming for free, but you basically have to buy everything to get that free. So somewhere that cost is there. It's not really free. Right, right. Okay, and in terms of their pricing, uh, in the blog you mentioned that they've claimed lower pricing against AWS and Google. Is Microsoft also part of that mix or are they a separate at least in their claim, I quoted them. They mentioned uh, AWS and Google. They did not mention Azure. It might have been part of the claim, but in passing, in other lay conversations, they have mentioned that they are the cheapest cloud. So that would include Azure too. 
Azure also. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, Abhishek, uh, thank you very much. This has uh, been a great conversation. I enjoyed hearing your insight. Thanks for uh, for joining me on Likewise. the show. Here. Great questions and allowed me to reflect. In fact, I discovered a few things I need to investigate further. <laughs> Good. <laughs> great. Sounds great. All right. That wraps up today's podcast. I hope you uh, join me next time.